You are listening to the Complete Developer Podcast, the podcast by coders for coders about all aspects of creating your best life as a developer. I'm Will, the accomplished developer and aspiring software architect. And I'm Beej, the advancing journeyman developer. Complete Developer Podcast is supported by listeners like you. We are now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash complete developer podcast. Burnout occurs when you have been overworked or overstressed for an extended period of time and have reached a breaking point. It doesn't happen in a day, so there are things we can do to mitigate and prevent it. We're going to discuss seven habits you can develop to prevent burnout. But before we get started, Will, what have you been fighting this week? I've been fighting a lot of JavaScript. Um, A lot of old JavaScript that I wrote before Christmas break has come back to me. (laughs) (laughs) Come back to bite you? Well, it hadn't come back to bite me. It's it's more like uh, looking in there and going, I don't remember what this does (laughs) at all. And having to dig back through files and go, okay, what was I, what was I doing here? And, so, and follow like the required JS tree back up to go, okay, what is this, what is this component this thing's loading? <laughs> I did a component for what? <laughs> you know, like I have a pager control that I built, you know, with knockout that I don't remember. Like I just, I found it and I'm like, I, I wrote it. Like it's very clearly something I wrote, but like I must have done it just as a, you know, part of something else and just forgot it was there. And so that's, that's been the main thing is, is a lot of JavaScript and a lot of like longer term planning. You know, we've got some bigger clients that have come in, uh, multiple big clients with a lot of stuff going on. And so I'm, I'm alternating writing specs, fixing bugs and trying to get stuff done that I spec'd out at the end of last year, all at the same time. And so, you know, like I'm, I'm like a little over a week behind on my timesheet and my boss is like, when are you going to fill that thing in? And I'm like, if, you know, my timesheet, like it's all going to be estimates now because it's all interleaved and you know, yeah. full of interruptions. I don't know what I'm going to do. That's that's the way it is, man. How about you? Well, it's funny. you talking about uh, going back into stuff that you, you wrote before Christmas. Today, um, I had to help one of our other developers because I wrote a service that was basically something that we were going to build down the line, but we were told, oh, hey, your app that's about to come out needs to integrate with that service. So we had to throw something out there. I put something together really fast to do the bare minimum that we needed. And now this other team has gotten that project and they're taking it over to build it the way it was supposed to be and trying to understand what I did. And I'm like, look, look at your specs and think of the absolute bare minimum that you would need to make this functional. And that's all I did. Yeah. Like I wrote that in about a week and a half just to get it up and running. It's not elegant. It's not pretty. It's not meant to be. It's meant to be this works for now until the actual thing is built. Yeah, it's it's an awkward feeling, isn't it? Like yeah. you're just sitting here going, yeah, you know, and the stuff I wrote, I mean, it was slick. It was it was nice. I'm like, wow, I'm really glad I wrote that. That's going to help me with some stuff. But I forgot I had it. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the worst. I'm like, my memory shouldn't be that bad. That's why I'm writing thirty eight. Yo, well, you know, <laughs> like, but then I went back. I looked at the spec, and it was in the spec for the thing. Oh, so wow. that's the thing. Like, I wrote, I wrote the spec, I did the thing, and then I just forgot. Yeah, like I forgot it was there. It works just great. But yeah, I, I understand. Well, I am now a certified Scrum developer dash Agile engineer. 
If you follow us on Instagram, you might have seen the photo of Dave from Junior Developer Toolbox and I goofing off uh, during one of the breaks. He was in the class too. I really enjoyed it, learned a lot from it, gave me some great fodder for getting ReSharper at work. Uh, the instructor is also a proponent of extreme programming, which that was kind of interesting to learn about, but a little bit odd because he kept calling it XP. Ah, like Windows XP. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, also, he's local, so hopefully we can get him on the show sometime. Cool. Other than that, I really didn't do a whole lot this past week. It's interesting that we're talking about burnout again, as I took some time off to sort of relax um, now that the holidays are over. I'd planned on working on the podcast more than I actually did, but I was so drained, I spent an entire day just binge-watching Netflix. Wow. Though, you know, I uh, coming back from from Christmas... You know, and from the break that I had there, like I'm more burnt out than I was when I, I left. I know it's because you, you, you got out of, I got out of the rhythm. Like I, it's, it's almost like it, it's, it's like running slowly. You know, you can like, if you're not you know going crazy fast, even I can run a long ways, not just, you know, flat out hauling. Mm-hmm. But if you stop and then you try to start again, it just, it wrecks you. And that's kind of where I am right now. Yeah, I didn't take the time off during the holidays, but I looked at my notebook and it's been 10 days since I went to a stand-up. Wow. Because I was out, I took some time off, and then I had that training. So I haven't worked on any projects for work in 10 days. So, yeah. Though I can now say I am caught up on Black Mirror, which uh, if you haven't watched that show, it's pretty good. It's a sci-fi anthology. Speaking of mirrors, since Will and I broke mine when I was moving, I've got a smart mirror project for IOTs. This project is perfect because I just got an Alexa and a Fire Stick for my birthday, and honestly, I'm tired of looking at the wall when I get ready in the mornings, so I may end up building this one for myself. The idea here is a smart mirror with optional Alexa. They're going for sort of a low-cost, easy-to-build project you can do with common parts, so no need to custom order or build specialty parts for this project. The project uses a picture frame with mirrored window film set on a monitor. It runs on a Raspberry Pi and can even be incorporated with your Alexa. If you want to get really fancy, you could possibly even use a Kinect to register hand movements for controlling it, just like in the show Black Mirror. Ah. The project itself is pretty straightforward, but you can add all sorts of things onto it as you see fit. I'll have a link to that in the show notes. So I got to ask on the Black Mirror thing. So if you do that project, are you going to like try to rig it so it's got the Kinect sensors so when you do jazz hands, it starts playing music? Yes. That sounds awesome. Like you do different hand gestures. <laughs> yeah. Mom, you know, shooting a rifle out of a truck, it plays country. <laughs> so who's talking to us this week? Well, we grabbed an iTunes review from Jesse. Jesse says, I found the Complete Developer Podcast about a month ago, listening to several hours a day most days. I'm finding it very insightful. Beach has a real mentor there. I start coding boot camp in, in about 10 days. Y'all have helped me prepare. Thanks a bunch, guys, from East Tennessee. Jesse. He's right up the road. Yeah, I know. Jesse, thanks for the kind words. And hey, congrats on starting your boot camp. I went to school out in East Tennessee for a year at ETSU. Still have some friends in the Tri-Cities area and some friends in uh, 
Knoxville, you're not too far from us. So if you're ever down in Nashville uh, on the weekends, check out uh, Developer Launchpad. Come by, meet us, and hang out, have a beer with us. We wish you the best of luck with the boot camp. It's hard work, but well worth it. We've had a lot of friends who have had a lot of success going through those. Send us an email at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com with your contact information because we've got a water bottle that you can take to class with you. And guys, if you'd like your very own Complete Developer water bottle, leave us a review in iTunes or comment on the website or any of our social media. We post all our episodes to Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Google+. We're also on Path and Tumblr and very recently started posting on Instagram. Because one post counts. No, we've got two now. Oh, doubling up. I know, I know. we got the one of you and me and the one of me and Dave. So So we want to encourage more conversation on the website. So we're going to be choosing comments from there first when picking our next few to read on the show. So if you guys want a water bottle, the best way to get one is by commenting on the website. Also, check us out on Facebook and Twitter Live every Monday evening. We talk about what's going on in the tech world and answer listener questions. Finally, you can join the conversation anytime via Slack by going to slack.completedevelopernetwork.com. The term burnout was first used in academia by Herbert Freudenberger in an article he wrote in 1974. Before that, a novel by the name A Burnout Case was published by Graham Greene. Freudenberger said that burnout is a set of physical and emotional symptoms based around exhaustion from excessive work demands. He noted that those presenting with burnout appeared similar to patients with depression. There are several theories as to the causes of burnout and ways to deal with it. One postulates that it's a disconnect between the individual and the organization they work for in six key areas, workload, control, reward, community, fairness, and values. This would mean that treating burnout would be both individual and organizational. From the individual standpoint, the psychological treatment for burnout has focused around cognitive behavioral therapy and stress reduction. Since we can't always make organizational changes, we've decided to focus on the individual and what you can do to prevent getting burnt out. A few weeks ago, we discussed the signs and symptoms of burnout along with ways to recover from it. Originally, we'd included the habits to prevent burnout as the close of that episode, However, after recording it, we realized that it was really too large for one episode, and so we split it into two different episodes. This week, we'll be presenting those seven habits that will help you to prevent burnout. Yeah, and the biggest one um, that has helped me more than anything else is learning to say no. Far too often, the cause of your burnout can be that you do too much for the benefit of others. I mean, charity is okay yeah will says great but i'm like it's okay charity by obligation is basically slavery right like if you're if you're helping somebody because you wish to help them and you're trying to you're trying to give them a leg up for a temporary thing and it's not you know you're not emptying your bank account and you're doing this with the right intentions it can be good right you know it can be helpful to that person I don't hide the fact that I am a Randian objectivist, but a lot of people misunderstand Ayn Rand yeah. and a lot of her concepts. She is not opposed to charity, and, and neither am I. She is opposed to enforced charity. Right. Well, it's like the difference between money coming out of my check for some random stranger, because 
you know, somebody demands it. And, you know, like for instance, when you were broke, we'd go out to eat and I would pay for your meals because I knew you right. were you were not in a situation to do that. Like that wasn't a an obligation charity. It's like, hey, I'm I'm helping this guy out and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make it a little easier for him to kind of get his feet under him. And it, you knew that I was going to. Right. Because it, you know, three years on or no, it's been more than three. It's been four. Yeah, four years now. Yeah, you know, four, almost five. Yeah, you know, f- you know, four and a half years on, like that still would, you know, that would, if that was still going on, that would not be charity. That would be um, enabling. Right. Well, it goes back to the give a man a fish, you feed him for a day, teach a man a fish. And he drinks beer in the boat all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you get where I'm going with this. It, it's charity is not bad. And I've had a lot of conversations because I used to volunteer with the American Red Cross. Uh, back when I had more free time, high school, college. Yeah, I was going to say. You, you remember this. Yeah, I do remember. And I remember after the 9-11 attacks, a lot of people donated, and they were really upset because their donations didn't go to the 9-11 fund. And what people didn't understand is the New York Red Cross needed money immediately. So they got money immediately. They got money immediately yeah. out of the Red Crosses across the world. Right. And then this was refilling the tanks at all the places where the gas had been drained off. Right. Yeah. So uh, the the thing with with charity and with helping people or even just, you know, social events or anything else is if you do not feel energized by it and you don't feel like you are contributing something and that there's a value there. In other words, there's no ROI. You need to learn to say no. And the return on investment doesn't have to be you get your money back. It could be a good feeling. It could be... You get to see somebody succeed. Right. Exactly. I mean, well, like how I helped, much time... You know, and You helped me, but how much time and effort do we both put into Developer Launchpad? Yeah. And there's a reason for that. I mean, it is a charity, kind of. It's not a 501c3, but it's we're helping other people because we like to see them grow. Um, and we've got other people. We have people who have come to it used what we provided and gotten jobs moved into the workforce moved up in their positions that come back yeah and they give back to it and we see that yeah so i'm not telling you to skip out on the charity thing because understanding it properly that's part of being a a good steward of the resources that you have however you you do have to learn to say no you know i helped you out there's other people i did not help out Right. Right around that same time. And it's because those people were enmeshed in the same problems that I've seen them be enmeshed in for their entire lives. And I knew that, you know, there's no there's no amount of money you can throw down that hole and no amount of effort you can throw down that hole that's ever going to fix it. Right. Um, I mean, I like to tell people I pretty much hit rock bottom in my life at that point. Yeah. And, and I did. I clawed my way out. Yeah. What you did was you were up at the top and threw me a rope down. Right. To help me climb out. Yeah, but you pulled your hind end up that rope by yourself. Right. Basically, yeah. You didn't you didn't climb down and carry me out. Right. And and that's that's the big thing that I try to get across to people is it's not I'm going to go down into the pit and carry them out. It's I may be at the top of the pit, I may not be out of the pit, I may be higher up. Right. In it and go, hey, I can help that person get a little higher, you know, or let me reach out and grab their hand and help them pull themselves up. Yeah, give them the extra oomph to add to their effort. Right. Yes. And 
And so that's a view of charity that is reasonable. Now, the view of charity as commonly practiced in the United States, because various reasons, you know, the puritanical worldview, the we, we just have very strange um, attitudes in this country about what constitutes charity. And it's this self-sacrificing, you know, completely self-sacrificing. Like, okay, if I give you a hundred bucks, I don't have it. You know, and if you spend the hundred bucks on booze, you don't have it either. But if you spend it on, you know, self-development, you do, and maybe you can help somebody else. But the the mindset that I have to give up more than I'm actually capable of giving, that doesn't work. All that does is create more charity cases. Mm-hmm. You know, it breaks families, it breaks lives. So be careful that you're not doing that. That's the biggest thing is learning to say no. Uh, it's not just about no to things that don't provide you value. It's about no to things that don't do well because the emotional toll of feeling like you're making a difference is huge. Yeah. For example, with developer launchpad, if we put all the effort that we put into it and we weren't making a difference, we weren't helping people. It'd be a waste of time. And we we would not have been doing it for as long as we have. Right. Um, I used to work at a psychiatric hospital that had an addictions unit. And you'd see a lot of the same faces over and over again. But every now and then you would have someone who, you know, you might've seen them five or six times and then you don't see them for a year or so. Yeah. And then you get a letter saying, Hey, I've been clean this whole time. Thank you guys. I I was finally ready. And, and it's, it's those that make it worth it. Yeah. And so I, I do kind of understand that, but it's, it's, the other takes its toll. The ones you see. Yeah, it really does. It does. And we used to say it takes a certain type of person to be able to do that because you have to be able to not let that take the emotional toll on you and accept when people are successful. And the other thing, you know, the bit about, uh, you know, saying no to stuff that you don't do well, um, it, it would be like, you know, for me, okay, I could go and, and you know do charity stuff and build houses and, and help people. Like I've done enough carpentry. I've done enough plumbing. I've done a little bit of electrical. You know, I'm not, not too great at that, but I'm not very good at those things. And so even if I did them as a charity, it's, it's kind of a miss. Like you really want to focus or even just, you know, just you know, in daily life, like actually focus on the things that you're good at instead of going, okay, I'm going to be a jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's something to be said about being like the renaissance person yeah there is and you and you should be able to do things but you shouldn't feel like you should focus your effort you, you shouldn't diffuse your focus to the point that you spend most of your time on things you're not good at that's true you should be able to do things that you're not good at but you know that shouldn't be your main focus because that will wear you down another thing that you can do to help avoid burnout is to pay attention to your own attention yep in other words you have kind of a meta attention monitoring process self-awareness is what i would have used but okay yeah but it's it's specific in that you are paying attention to what your focus is on right now um it's it's a little bit less uh drifting and more of hey i noticed i'm I'm spending a lot of time really thinking about this one thing why am i thinking about that listen self-awareness yeah where i would have gone with this and i i get what you're saying um a lot of times you can sense when you're about to get burnt out and even triage it earlier by watching where your attention is going and what you're focusing on. If your attention is not really in the present, 
but instead it's focused on something that's already happened like you're you're just ruminating on that or you're focused on the future either on things are going to get better when this happens or you're stressed and worried about something that's coming down the pike or you're just daydreaming right there's a strong indication that you need to consider getting out of a situation because i've noticed i'll do that you know if, if i'm really miserable i'll think about okay what am i you know what am i going to get out of this if i put up with this for another two years you know, and and I'll get stuck on that and be thinking about that end goal. And it's like, look, if things are not rewarding right now, you're not going to make it for two years. Uh, the next thing you need to learn to do is to delegate. And the reluctance to delegate is pretty common among software developers. Typically, you'll feel like you can't trust other people to do stuff properly, uh, whatever that happens to be. And if you're if you're feeling this way, you actually need to start training people around you to be able to carry some of your workload oh i i completely understand this one i am very bad about delegating yeah and i am too because i'm like you know just don't worry about it i'll get it and you know most things if you hit it at 80 percent, you're still fine like if you're if you're as anal retentive as we are if you hit it at 80 percent of that you're good and so you can train somebody up to where they can do that and then that's not on your plate and you can deal with higher level things yeah one of the things that i've had to learn to deal with is passing things off to other people yes so like the very first application i worked on at my job when they restructured my team didn't get the maintenance of that application didn't get phase two of that application and so i had to deal with the fact that i wasn't going to be keeping up with it i wasn't going to be the one that had to go in and fix things and stuff you had to drop your baby off at the school right (laughs) that's what that was yeah and and, you know there was a there was a death march towards the end of that application that you know i had to apologize for a couple times yeah a lot of times yeah (laughs) month-long death march you remember that yep so you know the other thing about the delegation is that not only does it give you a fallback where you can actually take a break but it also reduces the risk to your employer and other people around you and it lets you scale better if you're self-employed. So we have this issue where we have this one operations person who has, over the course of his career, built up a lot of things that he's the only person that knows how to do. Yep. And before, it was fine because there wasn't a lot going on. It was just like a couple of small things being built and then a lot of maintenance. And so if, if you needed something from him, it was fine. Now we're really actively rebuilding a lot of things and moving uh, into more modern uh, architecture. And and he's the choke point on everything now, isn't he? Yes. He yep. Is. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do that because, again, you know, not only does it stress out all the other people that are depending on you, but if you're the choke point, it's going to stress you out too. And you can't go on vacation because one of your systems may go down. You don't want that. Oh, yeah. And I, I feel bad for this guy when he does go on vacation because he'll go visit family in another country. He'll go visit his family there and take his laptop with him yep. and be up half half the night because it's daytime over here. Yep. Seen that. And I, I feel I feel bad for him, but I'm like, yeah, all right, that's we still got to get things done. Yeah. So um, the other thing that delegating can do for you is it can actually show you where the holes are in your own process. So like when you explain stuff to other people, they go, why don't you do this? And, and suddenly you're like, oh, wow, this takes two hours less than it 
did before because <laughs> you know I, I showed some rando how to do it and they go what what are you doing man um, you and i have you and i have done that like it, you, see for me it makes sense for me to show you something you know, why don't you do it this way but you've experienced this yes. where you've been showing me things and i'm like well why don't you do this and you're like because back when I first learned this. It, that wasn't there. Yeah, that wasn't a thing. And, I didn't know about it. And you'll be surprised how often that'll come up. Um, a friend of ours was was talking about this on a, um, it was an advertising deal, and they wanted to have teacups in the ad. And they didn't like the way the teacups looked. So this art director is painstakingly putting painter's tape on the inside of the teacups and is painting the outside so he can make it look like he wants it to look. And somebody comes in and goes, what are you doing? And he goes, well, I'm just trying to keep the paint out. And he, he grabs a teacup and he flips it over and he goes, will that work? <laughs> you know, sometimes you need to find that guy. Yes. <laughs> you know, I've, I've had that, that happen too with, with other developers. And like, like I said, I've, I've been on the, the end where I'm like, why aren't you doing it this way? And senior developers have gone, didn't even think about it. Yep. And then I've I've been the person that's explaining how I'm doing things, and uh, another junior developer goes, well, why don't you do this? And I'm like, because I didn't think about that. Yep. That's a really good idea. I'm going to steal it from you. Uh, we, we've got a great, we got a good relationship at work well, where we're like, I'm just going to steal your idea. Yeah. Well, I mean, that comes back to the whole open source philosophy of, you know, all bugs are shallow given enough eyes. Right. Yeah, it's it's really like that. Like sharing information, you're not losing things mm-hmm. by doing that. So you know, learn learning to delegate will um, help you with that. So the next habit to help avoid burnout is to keep your health in order. And you know, this kind of goes back to some of the things we were saying with how to recover from burnout and some of the symptoms of burnout. But it can include sleep, diet, exercise, stress management. This will insulate you from at least some of the risks of burnout. It'll also force you to take better control of your time, which is helpful. I know, you know, this this goes back to, again, one of my goals this year is to drop another pant size. Right. And so I want to start getting up earlier in the morning and going over to the gym at my apartment complex. I was explaining to my sister because she was like, wow, your rent is really a, a lot. And I was like, well, I've got all these things. I need to start using them. Yeah. Like, I don't need to pay for a gym membership because I've got a gym. I've got a pool. I, we've got a freaking dog park. Yeah. That I can take my dog to. Well, yes, the goal is health related. Also, it's, I want to start going to bed earlier and getting up earlier. Yeah. It forces you to make a time commitment. Right. And also, when I get up earlier, I can start working earlier and then get off earlier. There's less shows that I like to watch early in the afternoons. They're usually in the evenings. So you can work out and then you can veg out and go to sleep with the shows that you like. Yeah. Well, actually, it's it's more of a, I can work out. I work out in the morning. I I work and then I'm I'm less tempted to spend time watching TV because I'll sit there and it's like, all right, it's four o'clock. I'm going to watch an hour of TV. The only problem is then I end up eating earlier. Yeah. Because I usually eat while I watch TV. So it's like, all right. But that probably helps your sleep too. Just, I mean, you think about the fact that if you eat right before you go to bed. But I don't. I, I yeah. What I do is I eat from about six, five to six. And then around 7.30 or eight, I start working until midnight. 
Ah, okay. And then I get up at eight. So it's like I, I get a good night's sleep. But, but you're ravenous when you wake up, probably, right? Because you hadn't eaten since no, I don't, 5.30 I'm, the I'm night sick before. to my stomach when I wake up most mornings. Oh, okay. I guess that's that's good. I don't know. Like, what when somebody says something like that, I'm not sure in Amy Vanderbilt's Book of Manners exactly what you're supposed to say back. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice, dear. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I just don't know what to say to that. Man, you had to mention Amy Vanderbilt. Now I got to, like, stick my pinky out to drink my beer. Yeah. So, in other words, you know, to borrow a psychological concept, you should kind of start at the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy of needs and start fixing things going up. And that's ultimately the way that you beat the burnout and make it where it doesn't come back. Yeah. So, you want to kind of think of this in terms of building a base. Uh, You know, you're jumping into the psychology here, which is my realm. Right. You know, and I, I know Maslow's hierarchy pretty well. But the, the idea here with Maslow's hierarchy, it's the core things. Like you can't do the level, the next level until the one you're on is completed. You mean you can't you know, get self-actualization when you're starving? That's pretty far down from self-actualization. It's more like you don't need to be worrying about food if you got to worry about dying. Right. You, know? you can't breathe. You don't have to worry about eating. Right. Or if you're being chased by a predator, you don't need to be worrying about stopping and picking berries. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I saw part of Jurassic World over the weekend. And that was one of the things that was really, uh, that, that stood out a lot. Like these two kids are running from something that's basically like a giant raptor. And they jump off a cliff into the water right as the thing's like biting at them. And you now they swim out of the water and they, they get to the shore and they're just laughing. I'm like, that's not what happens. You know, you just escaped a, a massive predator. Like, you're not going to be having this brotherly joy because you're still in danger. Uh, it's an unusual, it's a very unusual reaction for a human. Because it wasn't like, it wasn't like a laughing relief. It was a brotherly cutting up. Like, oh yeah, you just, you know, you just, great, great job jumping your bike off that ramp. You know, it was... Okay, yeah. So I bet what they were going for was that laughing relief. Yeah. And they didn't get it. Probably bad acting. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. Bad so directing. Bad directing. Okay. Yeah. So one of the two, but it, it probably came across as the wrong thing. But yeah, it, it, the idea here is you got to start at the bottom and build your foundation. So with Maslow, you got to have safety before you can even really worry about food. Because, you know, it's okay to be hungry if you're trying to, you know, keep yourself from being killed. Right. Once you get to the point where you're not worried about being killed, then you can start worrying about, all right, let's make sure I don't starve, you know? And then at that point, when you get that where, all right, I'm not too worried, and most of us aren't. Right. Are, are pretty high up the, the hierarchy here. Most of us aren't worried about being killed or starving. So... You want to approach your life like this. Worry about the most important things, the the big things first, and then work your way up. Right, because if you have bad health, working from home is not going to help you. you know, yes, it, it will be nice to help avoid burnout, but you kind of have to get the health thing fixed. Otherwise, working from home means that you're just going to be sedentary and working from home and more miserable a lot of times, because I've done this. Right, because I mean... If you have the option, and this is this is a little off, but 
if you have the option to leave your job for one that has work from home, but you have health issues and this work from home gig doesn't provide insurance. Right. Yeah, that's a better example. You know, you you want to stick with the job, even though it's not working from home, where your health stuff is going to be covered. Handle the things that pose the greatest risk to your well-being first, then move up. You know, understand that most stuff, understand that most of the stuff the developers take pride in tends to be in the sort of esteem self-actualization part of the pyramid towards the top. It's like I was saying, most of us aren't down at the safety feed me level. Well, they've got electronics and they're listening to people talk on a podcast, right? So that, you know, that's reasonable. Right. But you'll find that a lot of what causes burnout is skipping some of the mid-levels in the hierarchy. Right. Like you can, you know, I built this beautiful application, this beautiful framework. It's perfect code. I did, you know, perfect object-oriented modeling. But, oh yeah, you know, I kind of lost my job and I don't have another one. Like th- that's not a place you want to be. It's almost like it, it is. It is kind of a a you know pyramid of needs, and you just find that as you go up every level, the base widens out too. Yeah. What when you're at a certain level, it doesn't seem to be big enough to to take you to the next one. Right. And then when you get to the next level, you realize how big that previous level really was. Right. Another habit that you can develop to help avoid burnout is to practice good relationship hygiene. It's like depression. Be sure that if you're feeling burnout, you're actually burnout and not simply surrounded by a bunch of jerks. Yeah. Um, it's it's shocking how often this happens where you know I've, I've counseled younger developers and they're like, oh, I'm just burnt out, I'm stressed, I'm depressed. It's like, well, tell me about your work interactions. And then you find out that they've got people making fun of them. They've got... You know, they've got a boss that's alcoholic that drinks on the clock and you know, yells at everybody. And you're like, dude, you're not depressed. Like, okay, maybe you're, you're exhibiting symptoms of depression, but if you weren't in this situation, would you be? Right. And you don't know, so you probably need to get out of there. Um, and, you know, the big thing is setting good boundaries, especially with people you're trying to help, and especially with, you know, close family members. That's, that's a place people go, oh, I don't have to set a boundary there. You absolutely do. Right, because... We're trained and we're taught from a very young age to think that those people, the people we're closest to, set their own boundaries. Right. That they have our best interests in mind. And a lot of times they don't. Sometimes they have what they think is your best interest in mind and it's not. Right. It could be a very curious uh, example of what your best interest is. It's what they think it is. Right. And, you know, you and I have had this discussion quite a bit as you've uh, embarked on your new career because there's some people that are very close to you that initially didn't like the fact of you changing professions. Right. And didn't think you were going to go anywhere with it. Now, as far as the boundaries thing, um, you know, uh, I'm going to bring up uh, a biblical story, actually, since we both grew up with that. And that's the tale of the Good Samaritan, right? You know, he's, you know, this, this guy gets beaten and robbed. He's laying on the side of the road. You know, a Pharisee walks by, doesn't do anything. You know, a couple other people walk by, and then a Samaritan, which is like that was the cast of people that they did not like in Israel at that point. What does he do? Well, he helps them, but what does he not do? He doesn't take the person into his house. 
In other words, hey, I'm going to help you, but there's going to be boundaries, even if I had to, even if it costs a little bit more, even if it's a little bit more effort, so that if you go crazy, if if it turns out that hey, he wasn't beaten and robbed, he was actually a member of a criminal family, and somebody beat him up while he was trying to rob them, and he was lying to me. He's not in my house while I'm asleep. That's good boundaries. Well, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with charity. It's setting boundaries there, and maybe we should have an episode. Given that our theme this year is build your story, there need to be boundaries. Yeah. Um, and the big thing is, is you have to have a refuge for your own sanity somewhere. You know, you and I had a, a mutual friend who's deceased, and his house was one of the most relaxing places I've ever been in because he did not bring stuff in that was negative. He didn't let people that were negative in there ever. So, like, when he was home, he was relaxed. And my, um, my wife's sister and her husband, their house is like that. It's just, you can tell that they have taken some time to think about what they're bringing in and not, you know, not make it crazy. Mm -hmm. And it makes it, it makes a heck of a difference. Yeah. Good boundaries help keep other people's problems from becoming your own. You got to maintain that refuge just for your own sanity. Yeah. And if you've ever watched somebody deal with an addict, um, you know, the addict will run through all their money and then the person that tries to help them, they'll burn through all their money and then they'll go on to the next one. The boundary is the thing that says, okay, that lets the addict hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Finally, the last habit we have is to think about what you've learned from the experience. You know, your internal narrative about how you got burnout or how you've gotten burnout in the past, what you've learned and how you got out of it can help you a lot in avoiding it happening again. It's like what I was talking about before. I have a relief valve, which is usually Google Hangouts when I just vent to Will. I can talk to him. I can vent to him. And, you know, he's one outside of the situation and not going to get upset at me. For and not going to get enmeshed in it. Right. Right. And, and the same with me, because there's been several times where you have vented to me about one thing or the other and i'm like you know yeah dude that's messed up yeah and it's one thing is a little bit of validation yeah just just venting to somebody and them going that sucks that makes me feel better yeah it really does or if they go hey that you're acting crazy yeah like that's the other thing you want to find out so i would definitely say that you learn quite a bit on that but it's also your own internal narrative that that can help you. You can go, okay, what did I really hate about this? I hated that, you know, the 80 hour a week job. Okay. It paid well. And it looked like it was going to be an, take me to interesting places, but what did it do? It destroyed a lot of my personal relationships. Ultimately just burned me out, made me want to quit development. Mm -hmm. If I take that and I actually remember it and I go, okay, let me make sure this sinks in. The next time that opportunity comes up, I won't take it. It's, it's really strange to me how often you see people and they do the same over and over again and keep failing the same way. Oh, it's, it's what interests me is, and I don't know where the quote comes from because it's attributed to so many different people, but it's insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Yeah. You and I see it so much that I'm like, either the entire world is crazy and we're not. Well, we don't see our own crazy. Well, we don't. That's but, part of the point. <laughs> well, yes, but e- either the entire world is crazy or that is a bad quote. And I know a lot of people have used it, but it's like, you know, a lot of people get stuck in the same patterns. They get stuck 
and, and it part of it too is something that I mentioned before, which is self-realization. Right. They're not even aware that they're in that pattern. Right. Um, and you'll see this if you go, you know, well, our 20-year uh, high school reunions are coming up. Well, mine's this year. Ooh. Um, <laughs> wow. You old boy. Yeah. Uh, but my 20-year high school reunion is coming up. And I know that there are some people that I grew up with that are going to be exactly the same as they were in high school. They're yeah. they're doing the same patterns over and over again. I'm, I met with a friend of mine who did not. And, man, he's grown. As a, as a person, <laughs> dude, I can't say too much because he's also like eight feet tall. But you know, <laughs> he is tall. Yeah, uh, I, I can't say too much because in high school I was into computers, and I, I well, you've come back full circle though. Yeah, you know that that's that's a little different than repeating mistakes. That's very true. It's making all new ones, <laughs> but that's but that's how you learn. Yeah. Right, it's it's like you would train, you know, training an AI and feeding it the same data set over and over again. It's not going to get any smarter past a certain point. It needs new data just to be able to grow. Well, that's kind of what you need. You need to make new mistakes. Well, it's also the way you're going to explain it to people who come to you asking for advice later. Yeah, and this is something that you and I have gotten really good at. Well, over at least compared to where we were. Yeah, let's say over the last few years because. When we started the podcast, we were learning how to do that. Right. Then we started the meetup group, and we had guidance in starting the meetup group because we started as Code Newbie before we broke off and did our own thing. And, you know, it it amazes me, and I, I've been asked by a couple of different places to come on and mentor their students. Right. And I'm just like me yeah that's exactly my reaction it's like don't you realize how much of a complete tool i am (laughs) you know how did how did this happen and it's it's because we've we've pushed ourselves and we've made new mistakes and we've learned from the old ones We've, we've we've taken intentional time to go what screwed this up oh yeah and fix it and you got to do that with burnout because you will be back there again and you would like to be back there for a new reason instead of an old one and you would like to, when you get back there... Not well, go as that. deep into it. Yes. Yeah. You, you want to be able to recognize it earlier so you can do some of the quick fixes before it becomes a big issue. If you have a mindset of continually being challenged by life and having overcome those challenges, instead of having constantly had challenges that broke you, it'll help you maintain perspective when the next challenge comes along. Yeah, there's a Game of Thrones quote where this this one character goes, you know, he's he's talking to somebody and he's just, you know, broken down. He's like, oh, I failed. The other guy goes, good, get up, go fail again. And that's really, that's kind of what it all is. Well, that's kind of been the story of me throughout this podcast, really. Yeah. I mean, I, I came into this broken and I've had things that have happened to me since then. Um, that would have broken you before that. Right. Like when my truck got stolen, I, I called my insurance and was talking to them about it. And the, the lady, the insurance, she's like, You're, you you seem to be in a pretty good mood for just having your truck stolen. I'm like, I've had worse days. Yeah. And, and they didn't kill me. Yeah. And she's like, I'd hate to know what those were. And I'm like, if you got time, I'll tell you. But to be honest with you, you know, that didn't kill me. This isn't either. Yeah. You know, and I was talking to an old friend when I was home 
at my parents' house, um, was it a couple weekends ago? And he was just like, you're not shy anymore. And I said, no, I'm not. He goes, what happened? I said, I've had the crap kicked out of me. I've been made fun of. I've had multiple surgeries. I thought I was going to die more, multiple times. And you know what? None of that happened. I, you know, or, you know, it didn't. None of that defeated me. It's like you get to the point where it's like, oh, somebody's going to disapprove of something I say. Ooh. And all of a sudden you're bold and you don't even really know how it happened. But, it, you know, it's there because you learned. Mm-hmm. Burnout can be insidious, slowly creeping into your work and life without you even knowing it. A lot of times, to correct it, you'll have to have both personal and organizational changes. These habits are things you can do yourself to help prevent burnout from ruining both your life and your career. That pretty much wraps us up. But before we close everything out, Will, what do you have for us this week for Tricks of the Trade? Well, I just want to point out the value of a little bit of preventative maintenance. Beej and I both, when we were in our 20s, um, we did a lot of stupid things. And one of the things we did that was really stupid is that we tended not to back down from stuff when it was obvious that it was going to hurt us. Um, you know, like overdoing it, uh, you know, especially like in college. I know you did it in med school. We did it in athletics, just a whole bunch of these kind of things where you don't have enough sense to kind of back off a little bit before you take damage. After you get into your thirties, it starts hurting <laughs> and you realize that, you know, man, if I was, if when I was younger, I should have probably stepped back from a few more things than I did. I just want to tell you now, if you're if you're still in your 20s, especially, and you start to catch yourself doing that, going, okay, I'm just going to push through the pain, stop and back off a little bit, you'll get a whole lot further by being reasonable about how much you do instead of just trying to do more. So just, just want to throw that out there. Be aware that positive maintenance is a little bit smarter than trying to overdo it. There's always another day unless you're injured and then you can't do anything. So that's all I got. If you have a question or comment, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Stand By for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. The intro music for IOTs is Hillbilly Hip Hop by Jason Belcher. For references, show notes, and to sign up for weekly emails with extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website at completedeveloperpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at CompleteDevPod and like our page on Facebook to keep up with news about the show. Look for us each week on Facebook Live before we record each episode. Thanks for listening. See you next time.